Welcome to Hope Church from me. We are on a mission. And we are on a mission to change people, churches, cities and nations with experiences of the goodness of God until earth looks just like heaven. That's what we're about. So if you're looking, if you're just looking for some people about a massive purpose in the earth, you came to the right place. Uh, We actually believe it. That we're called to change cities and people, families and nations. And it's experiences of God's goodness that's absolutely the key to that. So all that we're declaring in our worship this morning is coming from our hearts of conviction that what the world needs to see and feel and experience is the goodness of, of a great, great dad. And, and that our Heavenly Father is a good father. Uh, and so we've actually been doing, this is a series on the goodness of God and on the, on the Father heart of God and connecting to the Father heart of God and different ones from our leadership have been sharing their journey and their story of connecting to Heavenly Father and, and it's not always been easy um, because there are, there are false ideas and there are hurts and pains that authority figures, parents, church leaders have inflicted upon us and have distorted the lens through which we view at Father God. And, and we've been seeking to address that and, and call us all actually to release the forgiveness to those who have parented us but have damaged us in the process. And, and as we, re, we manage to release that forgiveness, we're, we're able then to see our Heavenly Dad as He truly is, who is a good, good Father. And it's it's my privilege and my thrill, and I'm very excited to get to speak today because I've been sitting on my hands listening to all these other amazing preaches on this, and I get to land the series today. Uh, but I'm so grateful for for the stories and the excellent communication and heart that's come through the, through the others that have shared through Phil and Teresa and Jan McFarlane and Andy Fulton, and they're just it was powerful, wasn't it? I, I, I feel impacted by their stories and what they were, their vulnerability to us about their journey. And and I want to I want to just give you a little bit of personal insight here. You you up for personal insight? This is my journal. I write stuff in here when God speaks to me, and uh, I was going on a I was going on a walk one day, and, and I think I was trying to prepare or something. you know the times when you're trying to prepare to do a talk and it just isn't happening. <laughs> it's not flying. All you want to do is fall asleep or drink coffee or both, and 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 it, it was one of those. So I thought I'm going to go for a walk, and I'm walking around the streets. And, and this is a record of my conversation with the Lord, pretty much verbatim. All right, you you okay with this? Can you ha- can you handle this level of insight into me? So, this is me to the Lord. I'm thinking, Lord, I want to be known as a man who changed the city. Dot 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 dot. Pause. In fact, really, as a man who changed the world. This is just kind of bubbling out of me on the inside. And then I'm, I'm saying, it sounds so arrogant and a bit crazy, especially at my age and stage of life. <laughs> Silence. <laughs> and I'm walking along, and then Jesus pipes up and says to me, I live inside you, and I did change the world. And that was my mission. Why would you feel any different? If you share my nature and have my mind. 
Yeah. Do you want to do that again? So Jesus says to me, I live inside you and I did change the world. And that was my mission. Why would you feel any different if you share my nature and you have my mind? And besides, you come from a family of world changers. Your father made it all and your older brother and the Holy Spirit brought it all into being. You're simply seeking to imitate what you see in us because that's where you see yourself. You are our offspring. And like good parents, we're cheering you on every step. We're not chastising you when you fail or fall, but we're lifting you up to start another step, walking in and towards your destiny. That was a pretty good chat. Do you want to just, there's a couple of scriptures we need to look at together. You want to turn with me to Galatians 4, verses 1 through 7. And then we're, that's kind of our, that's kind of our introductory verse. And then we're going to have just sort of one verse that's really springboard into what I want to say. But we, we've got to deal with this. <clears throat> what I'm saying is, it's up on the screen here. What I'm saying is that as long as, the heir is a child, he's no different from a slave, although he owns the whole estate. So he is subject to guardians and trustees until the time set by his father. Now what the Apostle Paul here is doing, sorry, is he's reflecting on our condition before Christ. All right? Before the new covenant was cut in his blood, before the death and resurrection of Jesus, the, the whole world was actually children of God, but actually living as slaves. We were under guardians and trustees until a time set by the Father. So our condition, although we were his offspring, which Paul says in Athens in Acts 17, although we were his offspring, we were living like slaves. And we didn't have access to all our inheritance. We were under guardians and trustees. Okay, next next verse, thanks. So also when we were children, we were under slavery. We were in slavery under the basic principles of the world. But when the time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive the full rights of sons. Can we do the next verse? Because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out Abba Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And since you're a son, God has also made you an heir. So there was a season before, so before Christ, the world was held in this place of slavery under, later calls them elemental principles. And we haven't got time to go into that. But it was a substandard form of existence. All right? It was not fully who you were born and created to be. You were sons, but you were living as slaves. You were sons, but you were living under guardians and elemental principles, not in direct connection to the Father. So how you lived before you knew Christ is not necessarily any indication of how you should live now. Your normal before Christ is bears no resemblance to your normal in Christ. Yeah. Yeah, amen. Amen. So you're like, I feel so different now. These Christians are crazy. Yeah. 
Yes, we're, but we're, you're the crazy one because you're not living in this reality, which is you're no longer a slave, you're a son, you're an heir of all things in Christ. That changes everything. Jesus changed everything. Jesus changed the cosmos, he changed everything. Potentially the planet, the birds, the bees, the plants, the flowers, the cities, the nations, all changed in Christ when he rose from the dead. Every sin is forgiven, past, present and future, of every person that ever lives or does live. Glasgow is not a problem to God because everybody's already been forgiven, everybody's already been declared free, every sickness has already been healed. It's a different way. That's We can think like that because we're sons connected to our Heavenly Father who's good. Can we go to Ephesians 5 verse 1? Super short verse. Shortest verse I've ever preached from probably. Verse 1. Be imitators of God, therefore as dearly loved children. Go do it. End of message. <laughs> Go be like God. That's what it. Do you, do you believe that the Bible is the inspired Word of God? Yes. Do you believe it's completely true? Yes. Do you believe that everything He asks you to do can be done? Yes. Go be like God. Yes. <laughs> He's wait. The world is waiting. For a people who are like God. People who are like God are people who are like Jesus. You know how Jesus, Jesus was different to the church I've grown up in. Demonized people ran towards Jesus. Sinners and prostitutes like to hang, they came to Jesus. Some of them walked miles and miles around lakes and hung out with no food for days on hillsides because they liked the juice that was oozing from his pores. There was something yummy, something attractive, something... So although Jesus was the most perfect holy man that ever lived, people around him never felt judged. They felt attracted to his goodness. Come on. So holiness doesn't equal us judging people who are not holy. Being like God is being magnetic. In fact, there's a a, a verse in in the Minor Prophets that talks about, it prophesies the coming of Jesus, that the desire of the nations will come. And there's something about him as he walks the planet. And he is the exact representation of the Father. There's something magnetic about him that people just like, Jesus, Jesus. Yes, I'm a sinner, but I just, you know, and the crowds, I mean, they could barely eat because the crowds are pressing into this man. They can't get out of the house because they're so, so drawn to him. They're ripping the roof off to lower their friend in. Wouldn't that be great if people had to tear the roof off the church to get in? They're so drawn to... I believe that's happening more and more. The more we are doing... The more we are like God, the more people are just going to go... Because 
He is the desired of the nations. So what I want to talk to you about is we've been hearing about the heart of the Father and our connection to him. How do we know? What's that going to look like if, if that's really happening? See, we're to be imitators of God as dearly loved children. If we know we're dearly loved children, we're going to increasingly be looking like our daddy. Yeah? Not, not necessarily the daddy that gave us natural birth. In fact, I was thinking about this in the prayer time this morning. I look so much like my natural dad. It's amazingly true. And particularly if you see a photo of him at my age, I'm a little taller and I don't have quite so much timber as he did, but basically we look the same. And I love my dad and he's, he's such a, a dear man. But you know what? I did, I've never tried at all to look like him. In fact, when you're younger, you, you really don't want to look like your parents, do you? You're kind of doing everything, you know, your hair, you kind of dress weird or just, just because you want to be different. You want distance from them to make yourself, this is what young men do anyway. They're like, they want to make their own space and wear pear, purple flares. <laughs> there was a time when that was cool. Before many of you were born. All right, but it's just desperate to know I have an identity and it's not you. But you just, it just keeps coming out of you. I mean, it's like I have mannerisms. I'm like, with my dad, I'm like, oh my goodness, that's, I do that. How did I learn to do that? I just hung around. I mean, I look in the mirror and I think, yeah, I've got about the same amount of gray hair as he did when he was. I'm like, I didn't try, honest. But that's what happens when you know, when you connect as a dearly loved child of God, you're like, ooh, whoops, ooh, I just started to do stuff like God. Because before I was my earthly father's son, I was already planned to be my heavenly father's son. So I'm actually, in my original design and purpose, I'm already designed to look like him. And when I start to hang out with him and start to believe who I really am, Suddenly, it's, ooh, ooh, that was a God thing that just happened there, wasn't it? Man, I'm getting more like it. And like my story, I'm walking along thinking, really, you know what's in my heart? And I'm not cooking this up. I'm not, I'm a church leader. I'm supposed to want to change the world. This is like going around on the inside of me like, sounds a bit arrogant. Yeah, when I, when I, when they write something on my tombstone, like, this man changed Glasgow and the world. Just saying. And that was really inside me. I was like, this is a bit like uncomfortable. It's like, who do you think I am? It's a bit of a big head. Well, no, no, I'm not a big head. I'm just behaving like a son of God. The one who made the world and changed the world is living in me. And all his ideas and aspirations are starting to percolate through my veins and my brain. So when you know you're a kid of the... The Father, when your connection to the Father is growing healthy, it has an effect on you. And one of the things it does is you start to have these, these, these crazy aspirations and dreams. <laughs> if you're not having impossible dreams, maybe your connection to your heavenly daddy is not quite as full as, as he has made it possible to be. Do you, if all your aspirations are dreams are kind of like normal, like I want to grow up, do a good job, 
have a wife, have kids, own a semi-detached house with an up-and-over garage door and a 1.6-litre car. That was my aspiration when I went to university before I became a Christian. That was it, because that was kind of what my parents did. I was struggling to aspire outside of have a good home, have a good family, keep my nose clean, have a good life. And then Jesus went and interrupted my life. And now I'm not going to be happy if the world isn't different because I was here. Because I'm looking at a different father and I'm dreaming different dreams. This this weekend we had a sort of just over a 24-hour retreat with our, our leadership team and and one of the, and Jan McFarlane, who's on the team, led us through some activations. He said, I want you all to share uh, one or two things that you're reaching for or you're targeting this year. And, and uh, honestly, my target this year, number one is, I want to see cancers healed and, and incurable diseases healed regularly. That is not the same as aspiring for an up-and-over garage door. <laughs> Electric or otherwise. That, that's on a whole other level. And it's completely impossible for me to do just as my earthly dad's son. I mean, yeah. there's no, there's no miracles in these fingertips. No. But there is miracles in my heavenly father. And the things we call miracles and supernatural are just kind of normal and natural to him. Yes. There is no supernatural to him. Because everything is supernatural. And he's the one I'm in. And he's the one who's in me. So more and more inside of me there's this hunger to start to do these crazy things. And some people say, well, you're just being a bit show-offy. You know, you do all these words of knowledge at the front and you're telling us how many people you healed. You know, isn't that a bit arrogant? No, I just want to be like my dad. And I want the world to see my dad. It hasn't seen enough of my dad. It thinks my dad is going to zap them and punish them. I want to show him my dad because he wants to heal them and love them and save them. He wants, he wants to set them free. And, and as, as I'm here this morning, I'm just kind of worshipping Jesus and he starts to speak to me. There's somebody in the room this morning. I'm going to get set free. They've had depression and they've been to the doctor and it's been diagnosed and they've been on medication for somewhere between 9 and 11 years. It's been a long thing and you're just going to sit there this morning and my dad is going to make you well. You may not even know when it happens but you're going to go home and my daddy is going to fix you. And that started to happen around me because I'm getting more like my daddy. I'm standing in here trying to be like my daddy and seeking to be an imitator of God. And over and over again, people are getting healed and set free just because I'm standing here talking. And I'm not doing it. He is. But I'm lining up with who I am in him. Do you? I'm not trying to show off. I'm trying to change the world by showing them what my daddy's like. Come on. So if if you have a great connection to your heavenly papa, then you're going to want to do his stuff. You're going to aspire and dream along for the things that are not normal for humans because you're no longer just human. I hate that phrase. You hear it in church, why is only human? No, he's not. <laughs> you come to Jesus, you are no longer only human. You are like he was. You are human and divine at the same time in the same place. Well, I couldn't possibly do that. I'm only human. That's just a lie. Yes. Yes. Couldn't possibly change. I'm only human. No, you're not. 
could possibly heal anybody. I'm only human. No, you're not. Yeah. I only hear me. I'm only human. I'm only human. We can believe you're only human if you like. I'm just human. I just have a just human life. The rest of us are going to have a superhuman life. We have, we have Jay on our t-shirt for the superhuman Jesus that lives inside of us. So you really know if your connection to Heavenly Papa is getting fixed when you start to have these crazy impossible dreams and aspirations and your targets for the year aren't well, I want to get promoted in my job and raise good kids and all of which are good, by the way. I'm not knocking it. But they're like, you know what? I want to have 15 heavenly encounters where it feels like I'm no longer in my own skin. I, I, I want to... You know what popped out of me the other night? We were doing our communications evening. This was completely unprepared. And after, I'm learning to sort of notice these moments I'm like, and, get, and, and see what God's doing in me that I didn't know he was doing. So I'm there and, and we're presenting our structure and our strategic plan. And then what part of the plan is that we have a succession plan because I'm getting older like we all are. And, and, and I said, yeah, when I get to be 60 odd, 65, something, my, I have a retirement plan. And just what popped out of me is actually my retirement plan is I want to travel the world raising the dead. It just popped out of me. I'm like, that is actually what I really want to do. That's what I'm dreaming about. I'm dreaming going around the world with Teresa, raising the dead, healing the sick, and fathering leaders. That's my retirement plan. Where did that come from? My, my earthly dad didn't have that retirement plan. He saved up in a, you know, in a pension fund, and then he moved to be by the sea and play bowls. That's not in my view at all. I want to go around the world raising the dead. What's your retirement plan? Do, do, do you see, something's happening to me that occasionally you catch yourself and think, I'm going crazy. No, I'm not. I'm becoming who I'm really made to be. I'm actually lining up with heaven's reality and God's call on my life. And it just pops out of me. I'm like, ooh. It's like the walk. It just starts popping out. Well, really, really, what's in my heart? Jesus is, I just liked my epitaph to be, he changed the world. Is that okay? And then he's saying, like, well, of course it's okay. That's who we are. That's your family. It's the family, all right? It's the spot the family does. The family changes the world. And we send the boys round to change the world. And we do it by being, we, we shoot you with niceness. We shoot you with supernatural goodness until you get blasted with heaven. That's the kind of family we're in. So how are you doing? What, what are your dreams and aspirations for 2016 and beyond? What, what's your retirement plan? What's your pre-retirement plan? I, I was like saying, this is my retirement plan. He said, well, why don't you start now? So is anybody dead in the room? I want to pray for you. <laughs> how are you doing? Because if this isn't firing up in you, maybe just review some of the messages we've been having and... and, and Ask Heavenly Father to bring your connection to Him, to life, so that He's buzzing inside of you with His ideas and you will not live a satisfied life unless you fulfill what He's called and shaped you to be. 
You will always, it doesn't matter how much money you earn, how great your kids are, how many up and over garage doors you have, it will never satisfy you until you start to be and do the things your heavenly father's created you to do, which are to us supernatural, to him they're normal. So, so we are, we have been born again into a new normal and the Holy Spirit is all the time egging us on. That's, that's my paraphrase of that verse about the Holy Spirit bearing witness with our spirit that we're children of God. He's egging you on to be a kid of your heavenly father. <laughs> so that's one thing you'll know. You'll, you'll start to dream crazy dreams. You'll want to imitate him with all your heart. You want to change cities and raise the dead and The other thing is your struggles change. When we, this just came to me over the weekend. There's, there's two stories in the Old Testament about Jacob. And there's a moment where he lies down to sleep and he puts his head on a stone and he has this vision that actually the stone where his head is resting is the bottom of a ladder to heaven. And on that ladder to heaven, there's angels going up and down it. And, and the Hebrew is really interesting because God starts to speak to him. And it could be translated both at God's at the bottom of the ladder and or at the top of the ladder. But of course, God is in heaven and on earth at the same time. And the angels, so here is, here is old Jacob lying, having a bit of a snooze. And suddenly he, he awakes and said, I didn't know, but God is in this place. You know, it's possible for God to appear here and you didn't know. Shall we just ask him to show us, just in case he's here? Actually, he was speaking to me in a worship, like how here he really is. But sometimes we just need that help from him to know he really is. So, Heavenly Father, I just pray that you would open my eyes to see that you are really here that there are angels ascending and descending on this place, that you are in heaven and you're on earth right in here right now, and you're here to do me good. Just pray it, say amen. Um, so that's one of Jacob's experiences. A little bit later, he's going to meet his, his brother. And remember, he's, those of you who know that the Old Testament, he's stolen his brother's birthright because he's a bit of a deceiver and a twister is Jacob. So he's nervous about seeing his brother and he's crossing the river and he wrestles with an angel all night. And then he clings on to him and says, I'm not letting you go till you bless me. And there's this wrestling theme really in Jacob's life. And, and, and God spoke to him and said, that doesn't need to be in your life. You are the gate of heaven. You are the spot where heaven invades the earth. You have intimacy with the Father all the time. You don't need to fight for it. You just need to enjoy it. Our struggle is no longer for presence, affirmation and intimacy because we already have that for free. So Jesus actually declared himself as that picture, that Jacob, the ladder, the ladder of heaven to earth in the book of John. He, he says he's that, but he never says he's the wrestler. He just says he's the gate of heaven. I am the way, the truth, and the life. He's, you are connected. You're not fighting for connection. 
If you're fighting for connection, you're fighting the wrong war. You are actually deceived to thinking you have to struggle for something you've been given. No, Daddy, I will not receive that Christmas present till I've worked a full year and paid you all I owe. Then I will receive my Scalextric set. You can't pay what you owe ever anyway, but he already paid it. He just wants to give his presents as his gift continuously. I think as Phil so wonderfully preached a few times to us, repentance is allowing yourself to be found by God. If you want to read Luke 15, just to back the idea, just right now, allow yourself to be found by Heavenly Father. Say, Father, I want to be found. I want your presence. I want your closeness. I invite you, Father, into my life. It's good to listen to a good message, but it's much better to have an encounter in a good message. So we're not striving, for, we're not actually even striving to win, we're not striving to worship, because we are, we are the gate of heaven, we are the, we are it. Daddy's with us. And when he's on the scene, all of the players don't really count. Yeah, well the devil's after me. Hmm. Is that right? If the devil's after you, it's probably because God has given you so much power that you're just about to kick him back where he should go to. Oh, the devil's after me. He's going to do me harm. He can't. You stand in who you are. Say, Heavenly Father, just come. I just want your presence. The devil goes, ah! It's like a play, and all the players are acting out, and it looks so real, and then God, the author of the play, stands in the middle. It's like every, all acts are cancelled. Yeah. Everything is seen to be the facsimile and the fake and the play that it is, and suddenly the reality of humanity and all mankind just stands there, and, and, and he's in you. Yeah, we have challenges, we have struggles. I think a lot of our struggles are in, I was thinking about this this morning, it says that Jesus learned, you know, Jesus was the perfect son. He showed the Father perfectly, he lived the perfect life, and yet it says of him in Hebrews 5 that he learned obedience through the things he suffered. Now, I know he suffered on a cross, but I also think there was this suffering that he was in, which was the tension of heaven and earth that he lived in, because he lived in both places at the same time. And, and trying to bring heaven's reality to the earth is sometimes a pain. That's a different kind of struggle. How are you doing? So if we know our connection is healthy and whole with our heavenly daddy, then actually we, we, are, we are not walking around thinking the devil's chasing us. The only ones that are coming our way are usually inside people who need to be delivered. Because that's what happened with Jesus. Demonized people came to him, were attracted to him because 
what happened was the demonized person stayed, but the demons left. What are you struggling with? Well, you know, I, I just feel so distant from God. Why? Jesus came and bled and died, so cancel all distance. Why do you feel distant? Yeah, well, you know, I've had a bad week and I had bad parents and I had a bad toothache and I had bad food and I had a bad job assessment and I failed my exams. But Yeah, but that doesn't cancel out the cross. That's like pouring tiny, tiny drop of mud into an ocean the size of the Pacific full of goodness. When you've done that, you're really struggling to find the drop of mud in the ocean. Like, where, was, where was my problem again? Good point. Amen. So how are you doing? How are we doing? How are we, are we struggling with the right struggles? Are we enjoying our connection? Are we dreaming daddy's dreams? Are we aspiring to be imitators of God because we dearly love children. How are we doing? Because this is what this series is all about. Because the world is waiting for the desire of nations to come and he's coming through you to them. <laughs> you just act different. When you're connected to Heavenly Father. Kind of talked about this already, but it's worth talking about it again. Why is it so strange to some people who are believers to think that healing, why do they believe that healing the sick is just for the weird ones at the front? Oh, you know, I don't do that. It's not my thing. How can it not be your thing? How can it not be your thing? How can what the Gospels record Jesus did at least one third of the time not be your thing if he lives inside of you? That's like removing one third of Jesus out of your life. Well, I can't possibly do that. No, it's true, you can't possibly do it. But because he's in you, you definitely possibly can. Some of you are looking at me like, please stop this message soon. (laughs) (laughs) This is too uncomfortable for me. I'm just telling you who you are. You have an amazing heavenly daddy. And the fruit of that is you start dreaming his dreams doing his deeds, saying his words, because that's what Jesus did. He came and he did what he saw the Father doing. And the Father's a busy, busy body, actually. He's doing a heck of a lot. Join in. That's, that's kind of... Hello, good morning. Glad you came. And, and really, my last point... You can feel the relief just coming in the room right now. (laughs) Only one more point. Thank you, God. You are a good God after all. 
He's only going to stab me once more and then I can leave the room. Oh, thank you, you heard my cry. See, he's a good dad. When, uh, obviously we had four kids, they're all grown up now, now they're having their own kids, and you go through this delightful thing as a grandparent, you revisit again the whole kids learning to walk thing. And it's kind of fun. I actually loved it when our kids were little, and particularly the first one, you're like, when's he going to walk? Yeah, when's he going to walk? He's three months old, he should be walking now. Uh, This is the kind of dad I was like. He's a boy, he's our firstborn, he's three months old. You know, why isn't he eating steak? Oh, teeth, yeah, teeth. Come on then, grow some teeth. And you know, nine months old, yes, he's leaning on a sofa. And, and uh, Teresa's like, just keep him inactive as long as possible. I'm like, I want him to walk before he's one. This is kind of, honestly, this is what was going on inside of me. He's going to take over the world and all this kind of stuff. And And... I forget how old he was when he walked. But then the others, like, once you've done one, it's like, yeah, they'll walk. Come on, of course they'll walk. <laughs> 11 months, 12 months. Come on, you'll walk. In fact, now we've got two of you walking and the third one's here. Don't walk yet. Just don't. In fact, lie down for a really long time. Don't, don't even crawl or roll. Rolling's dangerous because you just put, you know, you put Lego in a video machine and you put toast in the video machine and toast with marmalade in the video machine. And then when we want you to watch a video, this is back in the days when you had videos with little slots in, and then you want your kids to have a quiet moment and you put in a video, you, all you get is marmalade, toast and Lego bricks. And your machine is completely mangled and like, kids, no, you don't want them to move. It's a very strange process. And now we've got our own, we want to, our own grandkids. We don't care when they walk because we're not there all the time. <laughs> and little Neri and Neri, our, our first granddaughter, and we were in, we we're in Jess and Andy's house and, and she got to the, using the walker stage and she was so proud and she was zooming around the kitchen and, and, and you know, like, Turning was not in the menu. She would just go, wham, into the back door. And then someone would help her turn around and she'd go, wham, into the other wall. And then she's like, look at me, I'm walking with a walker. And then, she, and then she'd fall over and everybody's like, yay, well done, Neri, well done. And then she kind of didn't need the walker and she's like, you know, like a drunken person. And you're like, come on, Neri, you can do it. And then you stand there in front of them, don't you? You're like, here's my hands, here's my hands. I'm going to be right here. And then they get a bit closer. You go, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. No, I'm going to be a bit further away. Come on, come on, come on. You can do this. And then they go, you moved. Come on, Neri, you did so well. You see, we, we handle disappointment in that context completely differently to the way most of us handle disappointment. This kid is programmed to walk. This kid is going to walk, whether you or I like it or not. She is going to have her fingers in the DVD player. She, she is going to be pushing every button on the TiVo box. You know, there's, you're going to come in and find whatever you record, plan to record. It's now all CBeebies. <laughs> Because we had our kids living in our house and our TiVo box was full of Peppa Pig. <laughs> Honestly, you watch one Peppa Pig, you watch them all. <laughs> <laughs> Peppa Pig! 
the trauma of being a granddad. You've got to watch Peppa Pig over and over again. And then there's the night guard and everybody watched that. I mean, that put anybody to sleep. Anybody except the kids. All the parents are kind of nodding off. And there's the kids like, oh, can we watch another one, Dad? Just go to bed, go to bed. Anyway. I think it's demonized personally, but we won't go there. <laughs> so there's these kids and they're learning to walk and they're falling over and they're smacking into things. And we don't go, you bad kitty. Whoa, that was so awful. What a bad fall. You should never try to do that again because you might break something. And actually, I don't want you shoving toast in my video player. So stay on your backside forever in Jesus' name. Wouldn't that be terrible? In fact, I'm going to bind you to your chair. I'm going to never let you out of your car seat. That's where I'm going to feed you. Then I'm going to put you to bed in your car seat. We call that child abuse. So I'm just making the point. So our Heavenly Father is like, come on, you supernatural kids of mine. Come on, come on. Yeah, I answered that sick person. Whoops. Yeah, but you did great. You lifted one finger and you went, that was awesome. Come on. You are trying to be like me. See, Neri has no doubt that she's going to walk because she looks at her parents like they walk. I'm one of their kids. That's what I'm going to do. Fill over. I'm still going to do it. And there's this determined look on her face like, I'm going to be like you. I'm going to be like this. I'm going to run around this house till you're exhausted because I'm going to be like you. And there she's going. She's going. And she's falling over and we're picking her up. We're going, yay, Mary, you're so good. And that's exactly what our Heavenly Father's doing to us. All the time we're like, oh, it didn't work. Oh, we splatted out. Oh, it didn't work out. I got so frustrated. He said, yeah, but you went for it. Yay, you're trying to be like me. You can't help trying to imitate the person who is your dad. You're the offspring of the Most High. And every time you look up, you see him. He says, wow, he created planets. I'm a creator. Wow, he raised the dead. I can raise the dead. Wow, he healed the sick. I can heal the sick. I'm going to be like my dad. And every time it doesn't work, he picks us up and says, wow, my goodness, that was an awesome effort. You tottered a little bit, but you know, we can sort the tottering out. Soon you'll be walking and you won't look like a drunkard. And I don't care if you stick jam and toast in my video machine. It shows you're human. We We can get another video machine. What we don't want is to strap our kids into chairs and have them all safe for the rest of their life. Isn't that a horrible thought? Well, the Heavenly Father is not like, stay safe. Stay safe. Every one of you, (laughs) do not take a risk. Do nothing that could risk toast in the video machine. Do nothing where you could bang your knees, bang your head, scrape your feet, scrape your hands when you fall over. Don't do it. It's bad for you. Oh, Daddy, I just want you to tell you to just scrape my fingers and scrape my hands. What were you doing? I was trying to run. Good job. Let's put some stuff on that. You 
can't help imitate the one you know is your dad. Shall we stand together? So let him, let him find you. Let him fill your gaze. Forgive those who've hurt you. Forgive them. It's not a suggestion in scripture. It's, it's a, actually a command. Well, when you feel like it, forgive people. Just when you feel ready and up for it. No. You'll never feel up to forgiving some people. You just gotta forgive them. <laughs> Particularly the really nasty ones. Just, just get it done. Be a world changer. Have some impossible dreams. And keep falling forwards. I just want to pray for you. Uh, I also saw somebody here. All I saw was elbow, shoulder, shoulder, neck, shoulder, elbow. And it's like there's something wrong all across those joints. He's healing today. It's a pain. I got the sense it may have been the fruit of an accident. So falling off a bike car accident, something like that, so it's top of the back along the arms. God's healing that right now. So let's pray. Father, we come to you as your dearly loved kids, and we know that you love us, and you know that you're for us. Will you help us to go out of this place and imitate God, imitate our dad? Whether there's any remaining disconnect or blockage in our connection to you as our Heavenly Father, would you highlight it to us and, and, and let's get it removed? Let there be no uh, unforgiveness in our hearts, no poor images of you, Heavenly Father, in us. Because we really want to show the world what it desires, which is a good, good Father. We just want to commit our hearts to that right now. Commit our lives to that right now. We're going to dream bigger, act different, deal with our disappointments in a different way. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father.